because the sooner they can get on track, the sooner they can see this actually works, then they can be excited about it. And I don't have to motivate them to do it. They want to do it. And that's what I want for every single person that's listening to this, to really understand how beneficial, how life-changing having a good system of managing the money in place is so that truly they can not worry about money anymore. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and in this episode of Getting Money Right, we're going to talk about how to build your budget. (laughs) Yes, there are some principles that you must build into your budgeting system in order to be successful. And Leo, Uh, When we began to prepare this episode, uh, I just kept thinking, wow, 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 this is going to be so rich, so helpful. It's going to be an incredible foundation for people. And Leo, we spent hours crafting this episode and a few future episodes to help kind of fill it out, fill out the entire process. And and this is something that's really important that we get right. This is something that we've spent a lot of our life working on. Yeah, and it's not just what we've done to prepare for these next episodes that are coming, but the background work that we've done for years to come to the place where we can communicate what budgeting is and communicate it in a way that that people can embrace it and really understand it in a very simplified way. Because sometimes, many times, when I'm coaching someone, it's the concepts that are hard to grasp because it's not just the idea of what is a budget and how do I change my way of thinking about money and spending money, but it's a systematic way that makes sense first and foremost, that's really, really important. And that's hard to get across to people. Many times I've approached it so many different ways, David, over the years, and I've adjusted it to try to help people grab it sooner. Because the sooner they can get on track, the sooner they can see this actually works, then they can be excited about it. And I don't have to motivate them to do it. They want to do it. And that's what I want for every single person that's listening to this, to really understand how beneficial, how life-changing having a good system of managing the money in place is so that truly they can not worry about money anymore. That's right. Money could just become that tool that allows them to fulfill what they were created to do. That's what you and I really love uh, to do, and that's what this show is all about. That's what Getting Money Right is all about. So I'm excited about introducing this four-step process to help people to understand it from a different perspective and maybe hopefully my my goal is our goal is to make it simple and easy to apply yeah we've each spent hundreds of hours counseling people individually uh, and with couples on their budgets probably together we've spent thousands of hours individually you and i working on our own budgets and this own our own system of understanding how this works Mm -hmm. and so i say that just to say that um, I, you know, I don't want to brag or overstate, but I feel like we really do have a high level of expertise in this area. And if you were to try to explain something to someone for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, it might take you several hours to explain the budgeting process. If this is your first time walking through it, it the language would be broad, it would be confusing. But if you've spent thousands of hours on the front end, working on budgets, counseling people, then by the time that we get to this episode, we're hoping to be able to give you some clear, concise, simple language that will allow you to very quickly and easily implement 
build and operate your budget for success. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm excited about because we've spent so much time on the front end of our lives getting to this moment. I think it's going to be really simple and easy to follow along. And then we're going to build more tools around it to help you. Yep. I agree. So let's just dive right in, right? We, yep, let's we've go. got some principles for the ways that you need to think about how you create and how you manage your budget. Number one is assign every dollar. Now that might sound like you've heard this before, but the reality is that you're doing it ahead of time. You're not just doing it. You're doing it ahead of time. You're creating a budget where you're taking every dollar you make. So let's give an example of a $60,000 income. That 60,000 means 5,000 per month, right? If we take 60 divided by 12, we get 5,000 per month. You're going to take every one of those dollars and you're going to put it in a system, whether it's on paper, a spreadsheet, an app, and you're going to put that in and you're going to assign every dollar to a function. And we're going to talk about what the next step is, but it's really important to understand that assigning every dollar ahead of time is what a budget plan actually is. That's a plan that you plan on implementing it sometime down the road. That's right. So we're going to go through the four principles of budgeting. And uh, because, you know, we're just genius here. Actually, Leo <laughs> helped put all this language together. We've put, we've put it into four A's. So to assign, arrange, allocate, and then adjust. And yep. when we talk about assigning every dollar... Oh my goodness, this is what you do before the month begins. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I struggled with when I first started budgeting because I would allocate the things I knew I needed to spend, mm -hmm. uh, rent, transportation, giving, um, groceries. But then I would say, okay, the rest is all you extra. know, extra. <laughs> to go right? however I want. <laughs> Did the same thing. And, and I just, I didn't think through and actually allocate every dollar. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to say that the most important thing to do with beginning your budget is a principle is to assign every dollar. Yeah, that's good. And another thing to consider when, when you're thinking about assigning every dollar is that any money that's not assigned will be spent without a plan. Really important to understand this. As David just said, I started the same way. I would make a list of all of the bills that I had to pay. I assumed, okay, I've got groceries to pay and I got all stuff, but I didn't have an actual number for those. It was just a list of bills. As the bills came in, I would list them out and when they were due. And then on the right side, as I would get paid, and I had multiple streams of income, so I knew I was going to make extra from here, and then I had my regular salary. And I would just write those in as they came in. And the idea was, as long as my income can cover my outgo, all my bills, I was fine. So if I drew a line and I paid for all the bills and I had $300 left over at the end of the month, mm -hmm. my thought, my wife's thought was, we've got money to blow. Let's go out and have some fun, right? But we never considered the next step and the next step. So not assigning that $300 was actually spending that money without a plan. That's right. That's exactly right. And so if you are tempted at all as you're starting your budget to leave some money unassigned, mm -hmm. Leo and I are telling you yep. the, the first principle is to assign it and it will help you. And then now let's look at the next principle. Yep. You could still spend it, by the way. So don't worry. You'll still oh, spend yeah. it. You will still spend it. Yep. And, and I remember when I first started, you know, I would lay out, that, that let's say it was 300 at the end of, of writing out everything else. Mm -hmm. I would typically just call the rest of it savings. Ah. And, and then I would just push it into the savings account. And then as I learned more, I learned, oh, I can't actually save this much. I need to also budget for this category right. and budget for this category. Things I hadn't thought of when I first started. So it, you're going to have a learning curve to this. Yes. But assign everything up front it will allow you to actually stay on track. Anything you don't assign will disappear. 
So let's go on to the next step then. So if you assign every dollar, then the next step is to arrange every expense. And by arranging, we mean a couple of different things. One, you're gonna take and categorize, you're gonna create categories of spending. That's natural because you're already doing that to a degree. You already have a house expense, right? You have maybe a mortgage or rent, or you have insurance, or you have taxes, or you have a cable bill, electricity, water bill. All of these things are already happening. So you have already categories that you're spending in. All we're saying is now you have to arrange them in a way that identifies all of them and also allows you to put them in an order that makes sense to you. So it's not somebody else's plan. It's your plan. Arrange them the way you want to. That's right. Arranging every expense is something that gives you a clear structure to your budget, mm -hmm. and it allows you to know exactly where the money is going to come in and where it's going to go out, and you get to create your categories. Right. You get to write down what language you want to use. So for Ashley and I, we start right at the top with giving because mm -hmm. that is the number one most important thing to us is that we put the first 10%, set it aside to bring it to our church, not to give it to the church, but for us, it's to give it to God. Mm -hmm. So we start with giving and then we go down to housing and then we go down to transportation and then we go down to savings and then we go down to groceries and we just go line by line by line. But that's our order. Right. What's your order? You look at what your priorities are. Remember, we're talking about you having a plan in place so you can get to your purpose in life and that you will have your finances set up to serve you long term. So you set the order of your categories. Uh, and this establishing of an order is so important, especially if you're an entrepreneur or if you have a variable income. Mm. Because you're going to want to make sure that the highest priorities, what we would maybe even call your four walls, your food, your clothing, your transportation, and your housing, mm -hmm. you want to make sure those are at the top so that those things get covered when money comes in. Because some months, a lot of money will come in. Some months, not as much money will come in. And you True. want to make sure that the basics are covered and have this categorization where you've laid it out from highest priority to lowest priority. You want to do that, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Yep. So remember, assign every dollar and then arrange every expense. Yeah. And in arranging your expenses, it's easier to manage and track, right? Because you begin to almost, I almost visually see my budget, David. As I'm out about spending money, I can kind of see as I update my budget, I know what the numbers are. And by arranging it a certain way, I can almost visually keep track of where I am throughout the month. Because I do track my budget and my expenses about every three to five days or so. At least once a week, I'll go in and update my budget. And that automatically sets in my mind the new balance for that category. So for instance, if I spent in my cash money, because I get cash money every month, and if I spend, let's say, up to $50 so far, and I had 100 to start with, I know I have $50 left. So by having that arrangement, it almost creates this ability for you in your mind to see the structure and feel confident that when you're going out spending money, you have that ability to manage it easy and track it easy. It also helps you with financial decisions, right? It removes that emotional draw sometimes to spend money in the moment because it forces you to go back to, hey, I have a budget. It's arranged a certain way. I know that in the eating out category, I have X amount. And I know right now I'm tapped out. I've already spent it. So it removes that emotional, like, I want to do this, but I can't. It forces you to stick to the budget because you created it. It's your budget. That's right. You're the one who wants to do this. Nobody's forced it on you. You've arranged it, and it's easier to, to manage that way. That's right. Now, if you ever want to learn about all of the categories, mm -hmm. 
and you want to get a, a huge head start on this because one of the biggest issues really, I think when people start budgeting is that they don't know what categories to include. Yeah. They know the basics that I've mentioned several times, food, clothing, transportation, um, you know, housing. But then, you know, what about the gift giving mm. and the car insurance that fits in transportation? But do you remember it? Do you remember car repairs? Do you remember uh, these little one-off things, you know, extra, extra cushion for expenses around the house and maybe even house savings to replace furniture? I mean, just little things that you don't think about. Well, if you're interested, go back and listen to episode six, seven, eight, and nine. When we started this show, we started with a heart of helping people have a good, strong financial plan in place, mm -hmm. and we nerded out over the categories. <laughs> so you can go and listen to episode six, seven, eight, and nine, and you can learn about every single category, what would potentially be in that category, and even hear some of Leo and I's personal examples right. of going through and how we arrange every expense. Yeah, that's great. And also on leosabo.com, you could download the yearly budget, the create your budget spreadsheet. All of that has an order. We did it that way simply because we just created an order that made sense to us. But ultimately, you can move that around. You can make it whatever you want uh, when you create your budget or whatever app you decide to gravitate to and move to down the road. Our point is there are some standard categories, right? David mentioned some of them, housing, transportation, food, giving, saving. So these are what we call main categories. Under those, there are additional categories. So for instance, I group all of my housing under housing, which is the main category, but under that I have taxes for the home, insurance for the home, some bills like water, electric, gas, so those are the subcategories. So if you go to leosabo.com, if you look at our forms, you can see the structure and you'll see this in really in any budget you look up. There is main categories and subcategories. I think it's important to have these main categories because it helps you to think about your budget, you know, five to seven, maybe at the most nine categories, including saving and giving and all of those. And then under that, you can have those individual categories. However, just understand, it may seem like it's a lot, but really you're only sitting down to create your budget one time, right? You may spend a couple hours categorizing everything, arranging it in a way that makes sense. And after that, it's just using the budget to track and, and, and manage it. You're not having to recreate this all the time. That's right. Let me give you some wayfinding for this episode. So we're talking about the four principles of a budget assign every dollar, arrange every expense, allocate it evenly, and adjust as necessary. But then as soon as we finish these four principles, we're going to give you the six simple steps mm. to actually build your budget. Right. So right now we're covering the principles and the things that every budget should have so that as you create yours, you'll know you have everything that's needed. And if you ever use a software or a tool down mm -hmm. the road, you'll know if that tool provides everything you need. Okay. That tool needs yep. to have an option to assign every dollar before the month begins. Right. That tool needs to allow you to arrange into categories and you need to be able to write in your own categories. Yeah. You need to be able to choose your, your big categories and your subcategories. Mm -hmm. And if that tool doesn't supply that, then just toss that tool out the window. Yep. There's a bunch of great tools out there. So Leo and I, we're giving you for free through his website, this amazing budget, how to create your budget tool, and then an actual budgeting tool that you can live on and use. And there's a video tutorial on there. Mm -hmm. uh, I can tell you, this is the budget tool that I used every, every single time I help somebody to build a budget. I go to this creating your budget tool. I download it with them and I have them fill it out. Mm -hmm. So this is 
honestly, it's world class. I know that sounds funny because it's, you know, you're listening to getting money right and you're like, oh, you know, what about this $500 app I can go and buy? Yes, there are some additional features and tools out there, but we want to give you everything you need to get started for free because we want to help you to live on purpose so that you can walk out your true purpose. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we're going through and we're talking about assigning every dollar and then we're looking at what it means to arrange and really make sure that you have actually laid out and arranged every expense into mm-hmm. these really simple categories. Yeah. And then finally, or not finally, but third, let's talk about what it looks like to allocate it evenly. That's good, David. Allocated evenly means that each month's budget is going to look the same. Again, going back to assigning every dollar, if you take that $60,000 income and you know that's 5000 per month and you're assigning every dollar, you're assigning it not just for that month, you're assigning it for every month because the income is the same every month. And by Spreading it out evenly, assigning it and allocating it evenly, it allows you to create the structure where you know every month I've got this much for this area. And that's really important. See, we're not taught to manage money that way. Most people that I coach, when I ask them what their budget looks like, they say, well, I get paid and then I got these bills to pay. And then once I get through, I know I've got this much left over until I get paid again. So it's a paycheck to paycheck cycle rather than a yearly budget that's managed each month based on specific expenses that they've identified ahead of time and have set a certain amount for each one of them. That's right. Allocating it evenly honestly makes budgeting easy over time because you're basically going to create your budget for the first time and and we're going to get to adjusting as necessary in this next principle. But but over time, you're going to make some adjustments. You're going to learn. And then at some point, you're going to get to where it just every single month it's almost like a template that you just roll over. You've allocated it evenly across every single month. If you, if you start with $60,000 a year, and that means you have $5,000 a month, you're going to take that 5,000 and break it into all your categories. And every month you're just going to carry that over. Mm -hmm. Now there will be some tweaks that you need to make. That's the next principle as you go. But allocating it evenly, it, it makes it so easy to budget each month because at the beginning of the month, you've already laid out all of your spending. And then you just have to look and say, is there anything different about this upcoming month? And I love this about allocating it evenly is that it allows you when you have a surplus, let's say you didn't spend what you were planning to spend that month. It allows you to roll it over mm-hmm. into the next month. So let's right. say that you budgeted $100 for clothes one month and you didn't spend it. And, and so then the next month it rolls over and now you have $200 right. to spend in clothes. And let's say you don't buy anything that month and it rolls over another 100. And now the third month you have $300 and you can actually go out and make some solid purchases uh, in the clothing category. This rolling over of surplus and rolling over of deficits, if you, if you overspend one month, it doesn't blow up your whole budget. And mm. this is something that everybody runs into. Everybody yes. is going to overspend in a category in any given month. It's okay. You're not crazy. You're not weird. No. Y- you know, this is normal. And that's why it's so important that you have an allocation that is even over several months so that if you overspend, this happens with electricity every single year in the summer, we live in Texas the AC bill goes way up because you're pumping air conditioning into your house. In the winter, it's way lower. So you're going to overspend in June, July, August, September. Mm -hmm. But then when you get to the cooler months, you're going to underspend. And so if you can evenly allocate across the year, oh my goodness, you can, it makes it so much easier. You don't feel pressure 
to spend every dollar that month or to or to not be able to ever go over because you're a failure. This gives you that cushion and margin in your month to month budget because it's allocated evenly. Yeah, this cannot be overstated how important this is to budgeting successfully because most of us are not taught to manage that way. And so what happens is when we have, let's say, an electricity bill in the summer that's $200, $250, well, that's going to take away from something else. Right. Because, gosh, I didn't expect it to be so high. Or this month, I'm not going to spend this much here because I have to spend more here. Having a budget where you spread it out evenly allows you to look at how much it's going to cost me for the year. So if it's going to cost you 3000 for the year, that's $250 a month. Okay, so you're going to put 250 a month every single month. Some months you're going to spend more, some months you're going to spend less. You don't have to worry about robbing other areas to get through that month because this bill was higher than you expected. It's already built in. That's right. So it's such an important concept. The other thing that it does, David, is it allows you to include those non-monthly expenses to create that stability across the whole year. Mm-hmm. I know when Christmas is coming, but I don't know when my expense for my car repairs is going to come. But I do know I'm going to have some. My car's getting older. I'm going to have to have maintenance done and some repairs from time to time. So I'm setting aside X amount each month for repairs. Now, I might go six months, eight months with no repair. So that is continuing to, the surplus continues to build and roll over from month to month. And all of a sudden, boom, I've got a $500 repair. Well, it's all there. That creates so much peace for me because I don't have to worry about freaking out when my car breaks down. I'm ready for it. I was kind of expecting it. I just didn't know when it was going to happen. And I love when I see someone that I'm coaching three, four, five months down the road, something happens, the car breaks and they go to fix it. And then they report back and say, guess what? We just fixed our car. And guess what? We have the money. Mm-hmm. And it's such, oh, a, love it. it's such a great feeling. It's like, we didn't go into debt over this. This is the first time this has ever happened. You know, It didn't catch them by surprise. They were ready. So allocating your budget evenly throughout the year creates all of these benefits. That's right. Because we had our car repair budget in place and every month there's a certain amount allocated and it grew over time. Mm-hmm. I actually lent my car to a family member And when they made a mistake, it was an accident and caused damage to the vehicle. Mm. It didn't cause any emotional strife between me and that family member because I already had the money set aside to repair the vehicle. Mm -hmm. And and I could have in that moment said, hey, you need to take care of this. You need to do this. But instead, I knew... Hey, when I lent this vehicle to this family member, I was, <laughs> chance, right? I, there's a chance. Yeah. And I, I was choosing to be generous by lending the vehicle, but that meant I was also choosing to open myself up to some risk of the vehicle getting damaged in some way or some electrical component going out because of an issue. And so it, it ended up being a $700 expense. Mm. But I had the money yep. in the account and it was still tough. I had to wrestle through and have, you know, real yeah, conversations with myself, <laughs> with my wife. Like, hey, what does this mean? How do we interact with this? But but it gave us the opportunity to extend so much grace mm. and have really no major friction with that family member over a $700 expense that was unexpected. Yeah. So. This will give you peace of mind in so many areas of your life. Now, we've been doing this for years, Mm -hmm. so we were at a place where that was easy. When you first start, if something happens to your vehicle, it it will feel frustrating because you'll have just built up this fund, and and that's okay. We want you to know it's okay to vent. It's okay to be a little frustrated. It's okay if you don't have perfect grace towards a family member (laughs) You know, the first time this happens. We want you to know that we have grace towards you as you build this budget. We want to help you. It's going to take some time, but... 
eventually it'll get there, right? That's right. So if you start budgeting this month, three months from now, you might have that repair. Well, you've only had three months to put money aside for it. So you probably won't have all the money necessary. That's right. You may still have to pull some money from savings to get it done. However, you'll be better than if you had done nothing, right? Yes. You, you might have half of that repair bill instead of having all of it. But next time you'll have three quarters, and then after that you'll have all of it. So our point is stick with it. This will work. Now, one of the other things that I want to mention as it relates to allocated evenly is the benefit of this being goal-friendly. So if I want to save a certain amount for vacation or for different things, maybe I want to replace that car, right? Now I can set aside a certain amount every single month. It's almost like set it and forget it. I get used to knowing I'm putting $200 aside every single month it's part of my budget. Every month it's being taken out, put into a savings account because four years from now I'm buying another car. That's right. right. I'm upgrading. And I'm looking forward to that, but I built it in and it's easy to do once it's in place. That's right. The goal setting feature is really important for me. And remember, we're sharing these principles with you so that as you build your budget, either personally or as you go and look at a software that you can use, mm -hmm. you make sure it has the ability to do this. If your software or your budget that you're building only looks at one month at a time, that's a problem because yes. you need to be able to have an annual view or at least three months out where you can see what that rollover of surplus and deficits looks like just in case you're a little high or a little low in a given month. That way you don't feel terrible about it. Right. Now, this also gives you the opportunity, like Leo said, to, to plan for long-term mm -hmm. strategic savings goals. And Ashley and I, we have a bunch of savings goals. We have a lot of things that we want to do long-term. And so this allows us, because it's in our budget, mm -hmm. to say, okay, we can see uh, an extra you know, $100 a month going towards vacation. So at the end of the year, we can have a $1,200 vacation. Let's say we want to have a $2,400 vacation. Okay, we can see $200 a month going out every single month. Uh, car replacement, $200 a month. That way, several years down the road, we can purchase another vehicle. Mm -hmm. For us, it's often, well, pretty much always going to be a used vehicle. You can go yeah. back and listen to our buying new versus buying used to get a, a better understanding of that. But, but the ability to project out and save for long-term goals, it's so important in your communication. It's mm. so important in your understanding of, uh, of delayed gratification and choosing to actually save money because it allows you to see the big picture, to mm. see where you're going and to watch that money grow. So make sure that your budget has the opportunity to assign every dollar, to arrange every expense, and then to allocate it evenly. Yep. And last, to adjust as necessary. Budgeting is not a set in stone type of plan. It's fluid because it has to be life is unpredictable so having a budget doesn't mean that it's going to always be exactly as you plan in fact i guarantee you it will not be i've been budgeting for 27 years and i can tell you no month looks exactly like you planned however i believe over time when you have a plan in place it allows you to create consistency that you might have a little bit of challenges here and there but you can easily get through them that's why we do what we do is could it creates that peace and that ability to manage your money well so adjust as necessary means that you are tracking expenses and you're doing it often enough to measure the success that you're having right you have a plan it's like setting a goal if you if you set a goal and do nothing to take steps toward meeting that goal it's not useful you're not going to meet your goal what's the point but making a plan without tracking expenses is the same thing so you have to track your expenses. So that's 
part of it. You track expenses often to ensure the success of your plan. And then you revise when income or priorities change. This is really, really important. A budget will have to be adjusted over time. In fact, if you start out, I tell people, this is something I learned many years ago, that it takes six to 12 months. I know that seems like a long time, six to 12 months to become comfortable with your budget. The reason it takes so long is because you're going to run across multiple expenses that you didn't think about when you created your budget. Yep. You know, that X bill is going to come in that only comes in once a year. Maybe it's your homeowners association. Like you didn't think about that when you built your budget. And all of right. a sudden it's like $200 a year. You got to play whatever it is. And now you got to build it in. You got to put it and then spread it out evenly. You, you got to do all of that. But ultimately revising is just part of it. I always go back to my budget and revise the budget when two things happen. Either my income changes up or down, or I want to change something about how I spend in a certain area. So if I want to increase an area, then I might have to take it from another area, right? So if my income hasn't changed and I want to move some money from, let's say, eating out to entertainment, let's say, activities, then I might take 50 from eating out and put it into activities because I want to maybe have a monthly, you know, go to a baseball game kind of thing. So whatever it is that I want to do, I can move money around. So that's part of the adjustment. Now, what's important is to identify, is that something you do once or is it something you do throughout the year? If you do it throughout the year, then you have to go back to the budget and make that adjustment for every single month. If you're only doing it for that month, then you just move the money around and get through that month. That's perfectly fine. But it's important to do that one thing. The other thing is to know that when there's an income increase, let's say you, you get a $100 per month increase, all right, what are you going to do with that $100? Everything else is assigned, right? You've assigned every dollar of that $5,000. Now you got $5,100. That $100, you're going to identify what happens to it. So you go back to the budget and say, well, maybe $50 goes toward um, that activity that I wanted to do. So maybe it is activities and recreation, and maybe the other 50 goes towards savings. However you decide to do it, know that this is part of the process. It's okay. Adjusting is part of budgeting. That's right. This is something that so many people, uh, when they first start out budgeting and it doesn't quote unquote work the first month mm -hmm. because there's a category they went over on and they don't know how to handle it or what to do with it, then, then oftentimes there's this fear or this worry that comes in that says, I'm budgeting may work for other people, but it just doesn't work for me. Right. And what we want to encourage you is that one of the, the principles of budgeting is to adjust mm -hmm. as necessary. Yes. And there will be necessary adjustments as you build this. It's okay to make mistakes. You're learning, you're growing. And I can tell you that you investing the time and energy to do this well will pay off huge long-term. Mm -hmm. Every single financial decision that Ashley and I make always starts with us looking at the budget and talking about what our real priorities are, what our real goals are, and how any decision fits inside of our financial plan, inside of our budget. And, and this is a foundation that will serve you for years and years to come. So take the time, mm -hmm. you know, uh, push through the frustration, push through the pain of, of making a mistake the first couple of months. That's okay. It will take six to nine months to get really comfortable with your budget. But I can tell you after 90 days, you'll really get the hang of it. Sure. sure. And, and we're talking about adjusting as necessary. The only way you can adjust is if you're tracking expenses. And when we get into actually how to build a budget, we're going to talk about how tracking expenses is the first thing that you do. So it's kind of ironic. You know, we're talking about adjusting and tracking is a major part of that is the fourth principle. 
but it's the first thing you do when you actually go to build your budget. So we'll get into that in a second, but uh, it's okay. Be flexible. Realize that this takes time to build. It takes a while to learn. As you set this discipline into your life, it will change your life. It will free you up to pursue your true life's purpose. It's like a fence that goes around your finances. Mm-hmm. And when you build a fence in your backyard, it helps you to set the boundaries of your yard so you know what's yours and what's not yours. Mm -hmm. And you don't go into a danger zone. You don't step onto somebody else's property. You don't take what is somebody else's or you don't overspend your, your square footage. And so when I look at my budget, I know that this is a healthy fence that allows me to use everything that I have. Yep, all the way me. to the edge of the fence. All you can use all of it. I've assigned every yep. dollar. I get to use every single dollar. But I don't then start to use what is somebody else's by going into debt and borrowing from someone else. I don't go into my neighbor's yard because the fence is there. It helps right. stop me from running into danger. So remember these four principles. You probably even want to say it out loud to assign every dollar, to arrange every expense, to allocate it evenly, and then to adjust as necessary. I'm going to run through the four A's. Assign, arrange, allocate, and adjust. Those are the principles for building your budget. That's awesome. So we want to take just a couple minutes to talk about how do you build a budget. If you've never done this before, we're going to go over a very quick six steps on how to build a budget. Number one, track your income and spending. You have to know what do you make and where it's actually going. As soon as you get a picture of that, that will give you the foundation for now creating a plan. You can take those numbers, you can take that information and create your budget. So that's number one, track your income and spending for 30 days because that's a cycle that you will continue to have as you build and run your budget. If you do nothing else, start tracking. Yep. <laughs> if you do nothing else today, start tracking. Number two, after you've started tracking for 30 days, then use that first 30 days of tracking to determine your monthly income and your spending. Mm-hmm. So you start tracking for 30 days. Step two is that you use that to actually build out and determine how much do I have coming in and how much do I have going out. Right. And then third, make adjustments for income and expenses that don't occur every month, right? So some of you are, as David said at the beginning, an entrepreneur. Your income from your business or from your sales, whatever, however your income's coming in, it's not a salary. It's not the same exact every month. It's so important for people who make income this way to have a budget because some months will be high, some months will be low. So you have to create that consistency of every single month being similar. And the only way you can do that is to take an account. When do I get extra money? Maybe I get a bonus every quarter. Maybe I get some extra money from you know, additional sales or whatever it is. So figure that in, but be conservative. Don't overestimate, don't underestimate. What do you know that you're going to be able to make so you can include that in this figure? The other thing is consider things that don't happen every month as far as expenses are concerned. We talked about this earlier, that there are some expenses that happen. We just don't know when, right? Car repairs, medical expenses, those kind of things. So it's important to adjust our spending plan, how we create it to include those things. That's right. So, okay, you're going to start by tracking your expenses for 30 days. Then you're going to use that 30 days of tracking to determine your monthly income and what you're actually spending. Mm -hmm. Third, we just talked about you're going to make adjustments for the income and expenses that don't occur every month. Because when you track for 30 days, 
you're you're not going to maybe have Christmas in right. that tracking, right? right. If you didn't right. track in December, you won't have Christmas. So you need to add that back in. You need to add birthdays in. You need to add car insurance in, the things that weren't in that first 30 days of tracking. All right. So then step four is to evaluate your spending and identify the areas that you're managing well and identify the areas that you can improve. Right. And so this is this is easy. You're looking at a list of 30 days of expenses and now you can say, wow, I can't believe I spent $1,000 on eating out when my it actual happens, budget is $2,000, right? Yeah. yeah, this is real. So now you can identify those areas mm-hmm. because you have actually tracked what you're actually spending. So many people don't start by tracking. They start by assuming what they spend yeah. in a month yep. and they miss so much. The greatest thing you can do is start by tracking. That way, when you get to step four, you can look at your actual spending and identify areas you need to manage well. Right. And this is where you, step five, begin to create the monthly budget. You set your monthly budget to reflect those priorities that you have. So once you look and realize that, okay, maybe I'm spending too much on coffee, maybe I'm spending too much on this, this gives you the ability then to sit down and as we talked about earlier, that you arrange your budget in such a way that it makes sense to you. You create those categories, you name them what you want to name them, and then you give them the values that you want to spend, right? So if you know that a healthy amount for coffee is $50 a month, then you set aside $50 a month to go through Starbucks. And that creates not only the ability for you to spend, but also the fence around that spending. So you're not going over. So step five, set your monthly budget to reflect your priorities. That's right. And then step six, review and adjust. Mm -hmm. You hear that word adjust? Adjust your budget as you learn more from tracking your situation and as your priorities change. Right. Hey, this is your budget and it is going to adjust over time. And that's great. We love it. Ashley and I adjust our budget throughout the year and definitely at least once a year we make large adjustments because our priorities have changed our income may have changed and our spending definitely changes over the course of a year and so review and adjust your budget as you learn more these are the six steps to actually building your budget right and so go on to leosabo.com download the creating your budget tool Mm -hmm. and start going through these six, six steps tracking your income and expending using that 30 days of tracking to determine how much you have and how much is going out. Then three, make adjustments for the things that don't happen every month that you missed in that first 30 days of tracking. Evaluate your spending to identify places you can get a little better, a little tighter, a little leaner, Mm -hmm. and then set your monthly budget to reflect your priorities. This is something that a lot of people that they're, they're spending when they don't spend on purpose, they're not actually walking towards their purpose and their life calling mm-hmm. because they're just spending freely. Yep. They're not thinking through, wow, I really want to be a medical doctor one day. Maybe I should allocate some money for college. Or, wow, I really want to be a computer programmer. I'm going to take an online course and set aside some money for that. Or, wow, I really want to have kids. And so I'm going to set aside money for the hospital expenses that are coming. What are your priorities in life? You get to make those choices and then finally review and adjust your budget as you learn. So there's six simple steps. Go through and build it out on leosabo.com. And then remember anything that you like, we're giving you this free tool to help you get started. If you want to use a software long term, that's wonderful. Just make sure that that software allows you to follow the four principles that allows you to do each of the four principles, assigning every dollar ahead of time arranging every expense, 
allocating it evenly and having that future forecasting ability, the annual view, and then being able to adjust as necessary. Right, right. That's, that's great. And I just want to remind all of you who have been listening to us for a while that this process, this system that we just introduced also aligns with the four financial steps to purposeful living, right? Step one is spend on purpose. That goes along with assigning every dollar, right? Save before you spend. It creates that ability for you to say, I'm going to put in place savings so that I make sure that when my budget isn't perfect, I have something to draw from to not allow it to, to become destroyed and wreck. Number three, increase your financial margin. Over time, as your income grows, as your spending stays consistent and you're disciplined to do what you want to do and your priorities stay clear, you can increase your margin, right? You can live on less and put more towards step four, which is invest wisely. So all of this is what we're trying to create for you guys is a system that's easy to remember so that as you're thinking about managing your money, it becomes a habitual thing you're doing, not something you have to spend too much time or too much emotional turmoil on it. It's just something you set in place and it's working for you because you got better things to do than just manage money every day. That's right. right? That should be automatic. It should be set on automatic. You should have a budget in place. You should have some guidelines and some habitual steps that you've created. And that's what we hope this has helped you to do. That's right. And finally, I just want to remind you, you know, the first time that you listen to this episode and you begin building your budget, there are going to be some things that just went in one ear and out the other. Yeah. And that's okay because as you actually do these steps, as you go through the six steps, as you follow these principles, then you're going to start to understand it more and more and more because you're actually walking it out. So come back and listen to this episode again three months from now six months from now. Mm -hmm. If you come back and listen to it, you will be amazed at how much more you catch that you didn't catch the first time. And yep. that's okay. And that's normal. I would say, put it on your calendar, actually take out your phone, put it on your calendar and say three months from now, I'm going to re-listen to this budgeting episode mm -hmm. after having walked it out for three months, because you will see a major difference in, in, you'll be thinking, oh my gosh, I remember when they talked about tracking, but now I see why mm -hmm. they said it was so important. Right. You know, I remember when they talked about adjusting as necessary, but now I actually get it. I had to make these adjustments and it, and it was frustrating at first, but now it's okay. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to encourage you. This episode had a lot of great material and content in it. Not to sound funny, but like it had a lot of stuff jam-packed mm -hmm. into it. Yes. And now you're going to go begin to walk that out. Come back and listen to it. Come back and re-engage with this. It's meant to motivate you and encourage you and inspire and help you as you go forward so that you can live your true life's purpose. That's excellent, David. I also encourage you guys, go to the notes page of this episode. Copy and put that in front of you wherever you see it every day. So you see these four steps, these four principles. And if you do that, it allows you then to begin to embrace this way of thinking, and it becomes clear to you as you do it. We want it to be instinctive, not something you have to force to do, and we believe it can be. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you enjoyed it, would you do us a huge favor? Rate it, review it, and subscribe to it. If you subscribe to it, you receive it on your phone podcast app every single week. It comes out every Tuesday morning. So we hope that you'll do that. But also while you're there, please review it. Please share it with someone. The more you share, the more people will benefit. 
and our desire is to reach as many people as we can. We love teaching on this topic because it's made such a difference in our lives, and we want you guys to join us in just sharing it. So when you see it posted, please share it. Just share it with some friends and family and just say, hey, I'm listening to the podcast. They've got some really basic things that I think will be very useful for you. We'd also love to have you be part of the conversation. As you see us on Facebook or on Twitter or on whatever, connect with us. Let us know if you have questions. We want to know that what we're doing is actually beneficial for you. And if there's questions that you have, we want to answer those questions. We want to serve you as best we can. Also, don't forget, go to leosabo.com. There's a lot of resources that you can benefit from. You can download the forms that we talked about in this podcast. There are videos that will help you to walk through them and implement these principles. And go to stewardshippastors.com. This is David's website. David has created this website to help spiritual leaders in the church to teach people how to manage money from a biblical perspective. It's a great resource. There's a lot of great content, videos, uh, a process of how to actually build a stewardship industry. So please take advantage of that. If you are a spiritual leader, why not go and benefit from that? It's such a great resource. But also, if you are not a spiritual leader, but you know someone who is, then point them to that resource. I think it will really benefit them. Also, David's writing a book, Jesus on Money. This is going to be a great resource that people will be able to continue to go back to as to what did Jesus say about these things. I mean, the wisest person that's ever lived on earth, Jesus said so many things that nobody really contests. I mean, even -hmm. if you're not a believer, what Jesus said are really incredible principles, but he said so much about money. And David dives deep into what he said about money and what it means to our lives. So check out that book. You can pre-order that from his website. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to having you join us next time so that together we can keep getting money right. We're giving you this free tool to help you get started. If you want to use a software long term, that's wonderful. Just make sure that that software allows you to follow the four principles. It allows you to do each of the four principles, assigning every dollar ahead of time, arranging every expense, allocating it evenly, and having that future forecasting ability, the annual view, and then being able to adjust as necessary. Mm